I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. It's Dak, Dak, and more Dak. First, how have the odds changed with Dak's deal? Number two, how much better is Dallas really than they were before? And number three, how much did Dallas overpay? Because, yes, they did overpay. And we're going to throw in other tags or non-tags that happened with the deadline today. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. What a day. Live in Las Vegas. Live on a Tuesday. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. I was at the Coleone compound up in Reno and well, Lake Tahoe, really. But with this deal, no choice but to come back. <laughs> Sports betters listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. And this is a big show. It's what live radio is great about is not only are we reacting to what happened last night, but we're reacting to the reactions that's happened throughout the day. So thanks to Fez for sitting in. Friday and Monday, and he'll be back tomorrow with me. We're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ, and yes, on a day in which we've got some movement around the NFL with free agency getting ready to start soon, some trades being taking place. We've also got the second half of the NBA season to look ahead on, but what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? Well, we know it's going to involve Dakota the millionaire Prescott, the million-dollar man Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> the question, though, is, and we're going to go through this systematically, some would say systemically, and the starting point is going to be what is the effect on the Cowboys' chances to win the Super Bowl, to win anything major in the next couple of years. So I think we start with Dakota and specifically what it means for the Cowboys. Yeah, it was the big story yesterday as we were going off the air here on Straight Out of Vegas. It was the Dallas Cowboys and quarterback Dak Prescott agreeing to a contract extension, reportedly four years, $160 million with $126 million in guarantees. Okay, you guys know I am cold cash over hot takes. So when I say something sizzling you know i mean it this deal decreases significantly dallas's prospects to win a super bowl in the near future let's call seven years a horizon a reasonable horizon i believe strongly this deal decreases dallas's chance to win a super bowl and i think it had a lot to do a lot to do with jerry jones and the reality of mortality, the reality that at almost 80 years old, uh, the days are numbered. And, you know, we wish the best for Jerry and, and everyone, but all you got to do is look at the actuarial tables to see, hey, you don't got 30 years probably. 
And Vegas, the betting market, is reacting with a yawn, with a shrug. The odds have not changed. No change from yesterday. 28 to 1, Dallas. 28 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They're the 13th favor to win. 13th, 12 teams better to win the Super Bowl. So, Jonas, just as a fan, Dallas being a little bit better in average is what 13th Super Bowl favorite means. Does that seem right to you? Yeah, that seems right. Uh, I think, I, you know, the division odds, I know we'll break down all of this. Like, I think they've got a clear path as having the best quarterback in the division. But you start looking around the NFC, I don't think they're better than Tampa Bay. I don't think they're better than Green Bay. They've, they've got work to do if they want to improve on where they're at right now. And the question becomes, and this is why I believe this was a desperation move by Dallas, and this reinforces, and we're going to get to it, how shrewd, how far-reaching or far-seeing uh, Todd France and Dak's approach to this was. They won, and they won in a rout. And the reason Dallas caved, the reason Dallas compromised, was the alternative was even worse. This is one of those situations I kind of disagree with Vegas. I think you've got to improve Dallas's odds a little bit because the favorite – and I'm talking about for this year now, not for a horizon of seven years. This isn't the last year that Dallas could win a Super Bowl, but I think this is their best year. Think about that. I think every year after this year, during this deal, it gets worse for Dallas to potentially win a Super Bowl. But this year would have been horrible if they didn't sign a long-term deal because though the money is astronomical, it's way overpaying Dak. It saves Dallas for this season $15 million on the cap. Not cash, but rather they have $15 more million to spend. And I'm not a cap true expert, though I've gotten more and more into it, because it is so important when it comes to understanding what football teams do to understand the cap. Because if you just look at the cash, Dak's getting massive money now, pretty much immediately, $75 million in cash this year Dak will receive. How are they saving money, RJ? Well, Dallas, what they spend and what they have to book are two different things. And for a team as rich as the Cowboys, the money's not the issue. It's the limitations of the salary cap. And if Dak would have signed for the 38 or, or accepted the tag, and it would have been a $38 million cap hit, versus 23 or so this year cap hit. That 15 lets Dallas sign multiple other players, and it really takes the team from being gutted in a way to being vi still okay, right? Still kind of what they planned because you can't forget no one could have planned this pandemic and the resultant decrease in the cap from about $200 million to about 181 is the current estimate. So think about that. The cap's been going up, 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 about 10, 11 million a year now for years and years. So it was about 200. The expectation was it would be 211 or so in 2021. It's 181. The difference between 211 and 181 is what all these teams are scrambling to account for. 
And that's why a team like New England that just made a trade with the Raiders for that expensive, I think Brown's his name, that left tackle, that's a situation that New England has a lot of money to spend. And it's going to be a buyer's market because most teams don't have money to spend. So Dallas has been overpaying nonstop. In fact, McKenzie, pull up the sheet where you've got the list. Uh, Colin did some good work on this today, too. We did it separately, is the signings recently of Dallas and where that ranked for the position of that player. It's like as we go down this list real quick, it's literally highest paid at the position. Highest paid at the position. Run that off real quick. Yeah, so Dak is the second highest paid player in the NFL. And this follows Ezekiel Elliott was the highest paid running back when he signed in 2019. Amari Cooper last year was the highest or the second highest paid receiver behind Julio Jones. It goes on. Their tackle, Zach Martin, highest paid guard at the time. Their tackle, Smith, the highest paid tackle at that position. And even their linebacker, inside linebacker, Jalen Smith, was the highest paid at his position when he signed two years ago. And they just signed a D lineman, right, that was the highest paid. Demarcus Lawrence, that's right, $25 million a year. Highest paid at the time of the signing for any defensive end. Now think about this, everyone. This is an economic, the NFL is an economic endeavor, and it's like Monopoly. Think about, you played Monopoly, is you think, oh, I, I was a guy that used to like the railroads, and I used to like Baltic. Oh, I, I, I love those cheap little properties right past Go, because people just weren't, fo- there just wasn't a competitive market there. That's where I thought the, <laughs> the value was. And yeah, Boardwalk and Park Place, I'd, hey, if it dropped in my lap, no problem. Well, Jerry Jones likes Boardwalk and Park Place, but he likes to pay extra for them. And what is the consequence of that? Well, let's compare the one team that's been the most successful by far, New England. When does Belichick overpay? Never. Oh, you want to go? Bye-bye. You, in fact, we'll let you go a year early and get some draft choices back. Now, we can say, that's ruthless. That's, okay, fine. But in an economic endeavor like the NFL is, all, if you have a finite amount of money, we all got the same amount of money at the beginning of Monopoly. It's what kind of value do you get? Do you pay less for something than it's truly worth? And my question to you, Jonas, is can we think of one time – that Jerry Jones has paid less for a player in the last five years than the player's worth. No, it's almost as if he looks at getting a deal as a sign of, I I don't know if it's, you know, him not having the money or not being as fortunate. It's almost like somebody who's really wealthy and they're wealthy to the point to where they wouldn't be caught dead inside a Ross dress for less. Because that that to them would look like a knock. And so Jerry Jones would rather pay extra for the same V-neck pack of three T-shirts you get at Nordstrom's. You could get for $10 cheaper to Ross Dress for Less. But he wouldn't be caught dead in a Ross, so he just goes to Nordstrom's and pays the extra money. Yeah, that's interesting. With, with certain rich people... It's not even the va- it's not even the quality of what you're getting. It's the it's the logo. The logo. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's like Louis Vuitton. I'm not saying specifically <laughs> Louis Vuitton's bad, but it's got a very specific design. Right. And there's ladies I've known that they like <laughs> walk going through the airport with that 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 luggage, regardless of the mental psychological reasons for it. Jerry Jones overpays seemingly 
every at every turn. Yeah. How can you have a good team? If, if, if every team is simply an aggregation of the plus or minus, think about you have the roster, and it's a column of what you're paying, paying them this year. And then in the next column is the red or the green number that says they're e- either undervalued or overvalued. So Tom Brady, $25 million last year. Let's say he was worth 40 There'd be a plus $15 million beside Brady in green. And then if you just add up the Tampa Bay Bucks, and Colin made this point today, they had a lot of green numbers there, right? They were underpaying people because they were because this is why the draft is so important. You intrinsically are going to be underpaying successful draft choices. That's the first contract. Well, Dallas has had some of them, and really the key is they've had Dak at those bargain basement numbers the last four years prior to. 2020, he made the following, and we're going to go from 19, 18, 17, 16. He made 2.1 million, 600,000, 900,000, 1.2 million. So for four years, they paid him less than $5 million to have a top 10 quarterback. They had all that extra money between a million, let's call it a year, and now 42 a year. So forty-one million now extra they're spending per year. It's not coming. It's not about Jerry's pocket. It's they have forty-one less million to pay other players. And Dallas had one playoff victory when over those four years they had about a hundred and sixty extra million, forty a year, because of the cheap Dak contract. Four years, one hundred and sixty extra million to spread around, and literally. One playoff win. Now they that $160 million in the next four years gets taken back. Has Dad gotten better? I don't know. If anything, there's uncertainty off his injury. Yeah. So to me, I don't think people realize. Think about it. Jared Goff made the Super Bowl on a rookie deal. So did effectively Carson Wentz in his backup on a rookie deal. Dak won one playoff game, or Dallas won one playoff game with Dak on a rookie deal. Now he's going to get paid like he's an all-time great. And history tells us you either go to the Super Bowl and win on a rookie deal or with an all-time great. And Dak, we can debate if he's fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not Tom Brady. Those are the guys that you can pay a second contract and beyond and still make Super Bowls. History tells us rookie deals and all-time greats. And what we'll do is actually break that down because you've probably heard, we'll take our first break, you've probably heard about the percentage of the cap, percentage of the cap. We've got the history of teams that make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. What percentage of the cap is the quarterback? And this Stat says Dallas Cowboys are not winning a Super Bowl. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with innovation. I disagree with protocol. Out against the words 
We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments from now, we will get back into the discussion surrounding the contract signed by one Dak Prescott. And if you're a Cowboy hater, hold on. You're going to enjoy what we've uncovered. Ooh, it does not look good for Dallas. (laughs) This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we're going to keep working extra hard to deliver winners and a winning show to you. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas, right here in Vegas on the Strip. 64 degrees, the neon is flowing. Speaking of a bundle, Dak Prescott got a bundle of cash, a bundle guaranteed with his four-year contract extension signed with the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. He got his bag, I think the kids call it, John. (laughs) Well, listen, here's what we know. The NFL is an economic endeavor, not unlike Monopoly. You either pay less than something's worth or more, or in theory, equal. And you add up all your pluses and minuses, and it tells you how good your team is over what it should be. Now, what you got to remember is you can focus on a given year and have more money to spend. So imagine Monopoly that you were playing a 10-year, 10-game series. And you went to someone and said, you all had your money at the beginning, which is the salary cap. And then you said, hey, uh, Freddie, how about giving me uh, 20% of your money now and uh, I'll pay you back 30% later. That's effectively what it is to kick the can down the road, to do cap manipulations that net-net come home to roost. You've got to pay eventually. Pittsburgh and Big Ben's contract's an example. They kept kicking the can down the road, and now no matter what they had done with Big Ben, there was like $21 million or so, if I recall, of dead cap that was unavoidable. They were saying, we're going to accept that pain later. When Belichick said, hey, we set ourselves up to win, this was the year we had to pay the price. Everyone said, oh, Belichick's making excuses. No. New England navigated that better than anyone, but even they kicked the can down the road. That's what this is for Dallas. Dallas is saying, because the cap's gone down due to the pandemic in a way that no one could expect, and because Dallas is overpaid, seemingly every player they've signed, in memory, they would either be in a disastrous position this year, or where they couldn't re-sign people, where they'd lose a bunch of people, or... They had to, because if Dak would have just got franchised and tagged, he would have been like $38 million on the cap. That was not possible. So Dallas rolled over. I mean, literally, this is if Luca Brasi had a gun to a family member of Jerry Jones, I don't think Dak could have gotten a better deal. It was more money than you could imagine. It was no tag in the future. It was no trade clause. I think he washes his cars on every other Saturday. (laughs) I mean, Jonas, you follow contracts. This was, as we predicted, that either Dak was going to get the godfather offer that was like, oh, my gosh, he couldn't say no, or he was going to make Dallas pay the price this year and then potentially leave the next year 
what could I mean? To what degree was this contract more than you expected? Well, I, let's just go back to the conversations we were having when they were, you know, at odds about getting this deal done before last year. You remember the numbers that were being thrown out? Thirty-three million dollars. That mm-hmm. was the number that was reported. Thirty-three million dollars. And the real, you know, fork in the road for them, and the real issue was the fact that Dak supposedly, wanted a four, yeah, four-year deal, but Dallas wanted a five-year deal because Dak wanted another bite at the apple a year sooner. So not only did he get the four-year deal he wanted, he got nearly $10 million more a season. He got a record signing bonus to go along with it. And all of this after a devastating injury that he suffered a year. I, I can't – I mean, it, it's if, beyond, I, it's it, cra- if, I, if I'm an NFL player, I'm calling up Todd France saying, hey, man, uh, what do I got to do? As we said here first, and we were first – they saw Todd France saw a flaw in the system. The whole system is built upon the following: that w- the rookie deals underpay these guys, but everyone accepts it because the theory is they're going to get their pay eventually. And plus, the NBA used to pay rookies big, and it was horrible because it, it hurt their. You know, a lot of times it was an incentive issue. In general. You have one contract, you make some good money. You have two, you're set for life. I like that. I like incentivizing that as a fan. Okay, but what has changed is if it's the ability to get insurance that's just more efficient now, if it's you take your endorsements and use that money, because the theory is once you hit that third year and you've played third year, you're going in your fourth, you want to get paid. Mahomes, that's when he got paid. Watson, that's when he got paid. Dak said, nah, I won't, nah, 32, 33, I'll wait. Well, how could he wait? He's hardly making any money. He's only making $2 million that year because he was the Dallas Cowboy quarterback. And who knows what kind of loans he had? He said, I'm fine. He had insurance, et cetera. Then it's over at that point because every day that passed, Dak got more leverage because he was willing to go through that one year of supposed pain. And the leverage was so much Listen, I don't even think people was getting straight what this deal really is. We looked at the next three years. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas with Jonas Knox. We looked at the next three years, and we said, how much money is Dak going to make in three years, Mahomes, Watson, et cetera? Dak Prescott, 2021, 2022, 2023. Why did we do three years? Because this fourth year has a unique thing that supposedly Dak – and Dallas is going to be very incentivized to renegotiate. That This is probably only going to be a three-year deal with the theory being another deal after that. Yeah. I don't fully understand what it is about that fourth year that makes it where it's not uh, viable for Dallas to just let it play out. But I figured, all right, I'm going to under, I don't know if you have a good grasp of that, Jonas, do you? I, I think it's the fact that there's no – he can't be franchised – Mm-hmm. and that he's got a no-trade clause. So the incentive is for Dallas to get a deal done after that third year without having to go into a fourth year with all this. Which would be know. like this, like the way it's been. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So what we did was look at the, the – thank you, Jones. We looked at the next three years. Dak is making, in the next three years, $126 million in cash. Patrick Mahomes is making 92.7. I've been hearing that Mahomes is one and Dak is two. $126 million for Dak the next three years. Mahomes, 92.7. Watson, 82. Tannehill, 80. 
Goff 78. I'm just going down the list. Even if you assume Kirk Cousins, because he's only got two years left on his deal, if you assume in 2023 he makes the same as 2022, 35 million, he's at 91. So Cousins at 91, Dak at 126. No one else in the. If you look at Aaron Rodgers, 74 million in cash the next three years. So literally, Dak is at 126, and no one else is above 93. Cash in the next three years. Dakota Prescott, the Mr. <laughs> Mr. Millionaire Dakota, the million dollar man, is making like 35% more than any other player in the NFL over the next three years. 33 million more. Jonas, one, that's not really being reported that way, yeah. is it? How shocking is that? Oh, well, because I think people are just – people look at, at just the the annual salary because it's an easier number to understand. But, uh, you know, I've been t- told by former NFL players who always say, man, don't pay attention to any of that stuff. Pay attention to the guarantees. What do the guarantees tell you? Well, the guarantees are telling you that he's getting $126 million over three years, and that's also on the back end of the $31 million he yep. got guaranteed this year. So that puts him at just under $160 million fully guaranteed over a four-year stretch. I mean, it's crazy. I, it, and in the Mahomes deal has is really team-friendly, and Colin yeah. talked about that today. And it also doesn't have guarantees anywhere where if you look at the number of years, you would – now, listen, if somehow, some way, there is some value to having true guarantees where, yeah, maybe eight years from now, that guarantee is not a great number, but it's still a number. Yeah, he's already rolled the dice enough. It doesn't matter, meaning he can take a few risks right now, but no one is within $33 million of Dakota Prescott when it comes to how much he's going to put in his pocket in the next three years. It's like McKenzie in research, pregame.com, said the following. He said, it's like he's getting a fourth, paid a fourth year where like everyone else, like if he was just making Mahomes money, it'd be like, okay, about 30, 31 million, year one, year two, year three. Then at the end of that, hey, let's just pay Dak a fourth year right now for nothing. <laughs> right. Because it's effectively – I mean, think about it. Is Mahomes is averaging 31 or so million a year the next three years. Dak is making 33 million more than Mahomes, which means he's making an extra year salary in three years. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this is unparalleled. I'm not saying, well, I, I am saying, he, Dak doesn't deserve this, right? But what I'm saying is, it's not about that. It's about how smart Dak and his agent were to put Jerry Jones in a position that he needed cap relief this year, and he was willing to do anything for it because he's looking at the ticking clock. And it was brilliantly played, but it doesn't speak too well about the future of Dallas And what we're going to do here is take a gander. We're straight out of Vegas at the history of the Cowboys. And let's use Tony Romo as an example. So Tony Romo was a undrafted free agent that played really good quarterback. His first four years in the league, which Dak's first four years were before last season. Dallas won 66% of their games, 42 and 22. So they had a very good quarterback, cheap. 42 and 22. Now that's awesome. In the six years after that, when Tony Romo started, all six of those years, he was still a really good quarterback, but he wasn't cheap anymore. 
Dallas was below 500 during those six years, 46 and 50. They had one winning season in six years, one winning season. So 66% when he was cheap, under 500 when Romo wasn't. Now we go into Dak, and let's do this. This will be like a good kind of suspense. We'll explain how Dak did the first four and what we can expect after. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Also some breaking news. We have Dak's reaction to the contract. (laughs) (laughs) He seems happy. All right, so Tony Romo, first four years when he was cheap, 66% winners, straight up for Dallas. Six years when he wasn't cheap, under 500, 46 and 50. One winning season in, in six years. Dakota, as I like to call him now that he's very wealthy, Dakota, in the first four years, 40 and 24, straight up. So 63%, a little below Tony Romo, but mighty good. Now, last year, 6-10, and 2-3 and three with Dak. Why does this matter so much? It matters so much because it's almost like a kid who you roomed with in college that had a trust fund. But he wasn't like a Rockefeller. He just got like 3000 a month extra. He could go buy drinks. He could take a girl to Cancun, with, you know, hang, <laughs> hang out with Zeke. I mean, it was... It, but he still would be okay. Why? Because he had a cushion. He had that cushion of his trust fund. Dallas has had a cushion under Tony Romo and now under Dak, in which they had collectively eight years of good quarterback play at a rookie, even less than a first-round rookie. They were you know, fourth round in an, in an undrafted rookie. Those were cheap, cheap deals. And still Dallas, they did really well. They couldn't win Super Bowls. They only won one playoff or two playoff games during that time. Now, Tony Romo, do we think Dak's really that much better than Tony Romo? In the years after Tony Romo was cheap, when he was expensive or fairly priced, Dallas was below 500. Why would Dallas be anything but that under Dak? And maybe there's going to be a rare year that goes otherwise, but when Jerry Jones overpays all the time and doesn't have a cushion of a really cheap quarterback, Dallas just can't win. Jonas, closing thoughts, at least on the economic side. Yeah, and I just, I, I think this is just an indicator that Dallas clearly believes in Dak Prescott, otherwise they wouldn't have given him the money. What have you seen now that you didn't see back when you could have saved about $10 million a year on the deal? Because and all see, I've I don't, seen is an I, I don't blame them. I think they offered that $33, 34000000 million deal was a deal they expected Dak to take, and we thought he should take it. The fact that Todd France saw that there was a flaw in the system is why he made this extra money, in my opinion. I don't think it was that Jerry was trying to be cheap. I think Jerry was being normal, but Dak and France had a different perspective. I've heard from people that covered the NFL that said, had they come to Dak earlier, they could have gotten this deal done anywhere between 27 to $30 million a year. Well, and, well, and- when could they have done that? You can't sign to after the third year. But that was when they initially started the conversations, when they initially had these discussions. There was talk that they could have gotten it done, but they they didn't. They got took care of Zeke, and they took care of Amari Cooper. 
And I don't know this for sure, but isn't that something a Todd France would put out there to make Dak look not so mercenary? Possibly. That we, want, we wanted to make the deal. They just didn't give us the exact right deal we wanted, <laughs> though supposedly it was upwards of $35 million. When we come back, we're going to go into Super Bowl history. We told you Dallas's history tells us they probably don't win much now. Super Bowl history tells us they don't win a Super Bowl and other free agent moves and tag moves today. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. R.J. Bell, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., we've been talking about the Dak Prescott contract with the Dallas Cowboys, and it brings to question the Super Bowl history involving some of the top-paid quarterbacks. Yeah, I think we've had a good show here. If you haven't heard the whole show, you can go and listen to the podcast. Just search straight out of Vegas on your favorite pod platform. And here's what we'll recap with. One, is Dak got paid big and bigger than people are even kind of zeroing in on. If you look at the cash amount received in the first three years, or the next three years is the way to think of it, Dak's making $33 million more in the next three years than any other player, more than Patrick Mahomes, Watson, whatever. Dakota's making 126 Over three years, Mahomes less than 93 Think about that for a second. Also, Jerry Jones, when he's had a cheap rookie quarterback, rookie deal quarterback, he's done okay, pretty well. Won over 60% of his games. Not so much in the playoffs, but when they haven't had a quarterback on a cheap rookie deal, they've been below 500. And this is going all the way back to Tony Romo. I don't see how the future changes that at all, at all, because Jerry Jones has overpaid more recently than I think he had even up to that point. Now, as Jonas said, what does it mean for the Super Bowl? We've looked at the percentage of the overall cap of the Super Bowl winners and the participants. And here's what it tells us. You've got two classes of quarterbacks. One is Hall of Fame first ballot leading sports center the day they're inducted. And there's only two quarterbacks really that meet that criteria in my opinion, who knows what happens in the future, but it's Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And we're talking about now from 2000, you know, what we call the modern era in the NFL is after the collective bargaining agreement in 2011. So 2012 on, we're looking at here. These are, this is the percentage of the cap hit for non first ballot Hall of Famers. Flacco with 7%, Russell Wilson 1%, Nick Foles 1%. And remember, we obviously look at Wentz, and his number was a rookie deal also. Patrick Mahomes, 3%. Literally nothing. Rookie deals. Otherwise, winners, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Now, Brady took around 12% of the cap during those years. But he was and is... yeah as good as it, there's ever been. 
Right, so you're either as good as you've ever we've ever seen, Ric Flair style, or you better hardly take any money from the cat. It's rookie deal or first ballot Hall of Famer. Dakota's not either of those at this point. And oh, by the way, if you look at the losing quarterbacks, now just run down the numbers, percentage of cap, 3, 10, 5, 9, 18, that was Matt Ryan, 10, 1, 15, 1. So even to make the Super Bowl, generally it's been pretty cheap. And then Tom Brady and Peyton Manning each with one loss. Dak Prescott's cap percentage this year is 12%. After that, 17, 21, 21. Even with the exemption of all-time first ballot grades, 14% is the most cap that any winning quarterback in the modern era has taken. This is the last year that Dak's going to be under that. And that's why I said, Jonas, entering the show, Dallas did all this to have one last year that they're kind of viable. And after that, history tells us Dallas has like a 0% chance to win it. Yeah, this seems like a really big year, just based on the fact Philly seems like they're going through a transition. Washington still doesn't really have a quarterback. Uh, the Giants, we're not sure what, what Saquon Barkley is going to look like coming off that injury, and there's still some questions about Daniel Jones. If they can't get it done this year, I don't know when it's going to happen. And they're the 13th favorite to win it, so it's not <laughs> like they're supposed to get it done this year, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. this. Is, I agree. This is their best year, and it ain't that good. Yeah, no, it's not. It's uh, not a not a good spot to be in for the Dallas Cowboys. One other thing I think is going to fly under the radar, but shouldn't. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Is the Detroit Lions did not tag Galladay receiver. Yeah, Galladay is one of the most valuable players in. To his team last year, when he was in, it was so different than when he was out. He's probably going to sign somewhere for about $20 million. He could have been tagged, first-time tag, by Detroit for 16 So if there's any sign that Detroit is not only rebuilding, but have no real in- – not that they're not going to try, but they are looking at the future big time – because they could have got Galladay with that. They could have had a, like a $4 million green number beside his name. And still they weren't willing to even underpay him. Detroit is rebuilding with a capital R. If you missed any of today's show, including a deep dive into the truth behind the contract of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We're back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio and, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 